Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. You love those Easter hymns. What uh, powerful words there. Sin confounded, grace abounded, and set us free. Today is a great day as we got to welcome into membership uh, 15 of them, I think, if I count right. And so, well, now that you folks are officially in, maybe we should tell you what kind of group you just joined. I'm mostly kidding about that one. Uh, we thoroughly vetted all of you, um, and you us, all right, in the, in the months and weeks that you've been worshiping with us, and, and we got to go through new members' class as well here in the last couple of months. But you really never know what you're getting into when you join a group, right? For instance, when, when you got married, you join another family uh, called the in-laws. Um, Jean didn't know what she was getting into when she joined the Quanbic clan, nor did I when I became part of the Swanson family. My boys didn't really know what they joined uh, 14 months ago when two of them joined military, Andrew in the Air Force and Josiah in the Army, and, and now they're associating with a whole new crowd of people and have a whole new set of priorities and activities uh, to their daily and weekly routines. Some of you are part of various other clubs or teams or groups that shape a significant part of your existence these days. And so just what did you join when you became members here at Maranatha Free Lutheran Church? Well, we are more than a club, and we are not a cult. So just what are we? I'd like to define us today biblically. Uh, for the sake of those of you that just joined us, and for the sake of others here who have been here so long, maybe you've lost sight of just what we're supposed to be about. And so I take you today to uh, the beginning verses of Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, beginning with verse 1, and invite you to stand in reverence to God's word as I read today. First Corinthians 1 begins verse 1. Paul, called as an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Sosthenes our brother, to the church of God which is at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling, with all who in every place call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus, that in everything you were enriched in him, in all speech, in all knowledge, and even as the testimony concerning Christ was confirmed in you, so you are not lacking in any gift, awaiting eagerly the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree 
and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. Let us pause and pray. Lord, we just give you thanks for your word and for how it teaches us concerning ourselves and our relationship with you and also our relationship with each other in the body of Christ. And we thank you for the fellowship of believers here at Maranatha and for those folks that you have brought into membership here, Lord, even today. And we pray that you would speak to each of our hearts, Lord, today about this group that you've called us to be a part of. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. The author of uh, 1 Corinthians, in these first few verses, identifies who he is, who he's writing to, and what they are about. And, and I think that by looking at these verses, uh, besides learning a bit about the Apostle Paul and about that church at Corinth that he helped to start, we also gain some valuable understanding of just who we are, here at Maranatha, and, and what God's word tells us that we are to be about as well. So first of all, then, who Paul was. Uh, many, many of you know the story uh, of Saul, this uh, militant Pharisee who was totally committed to his understanding of the Jewish religion, so much so that he was convinced that God wanted him to stamp out this sect called the Way, which was made up of followers of this rabbi or teacher from Nazareth known as Jesus, and so Saul led others in, in hunting down these folks uh, that he considered to be apostate and, and imprisoning them and even having some of them killed. And then one day on the road to Damascus, all of that changed. And Saul was blinded by this light from heaven and he heard a voice from heaven. And that day he encountered the risen Lord Jesus Christ. And he realized that he had been dead wrong, that, that this Jesus who had who had been put to death on the cross, um, really was alive again. And that his, just like his followers had been claiming. And Paul came to know Jesus as the Son of God and as the promised Messiah. Um, and, and he became really a sold-out follower of him, committing the rest of his life to spreading the good news that the Messiah had come. And this new mission in his life then took Saul, who became known as Paul, then various places, including then to Macedonia and Greece, where he helped to start a congregation of believers in Christ there. Um, and so this is really then a letter, the beginning of that letter, that he wrote to that congregation. And he starts out his letter by identifying himself in a couple of ways, as a called one and as a sent one. Called by the will of God, he says. And he's convinced that God has, has called him to this new mission in life, and that he is also sent out then. Apostle actually means sent one. And he understands himself then to be sent by Jesus Christ himself as he goes out on, on the mission of spreading the gospel. And therefore the words that Paul writes here are not merely his own, but they are a message from Jesus. And as we look at these verses then, what, what Jesus says through Paul about the congregation at Corinth, those same things are, are very applicable to our identity to who we as a group are today. And so let's look at those verses from that perspective. Uh, verse 1 there, who we are here then. Uh, he says, Paul called as an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Sosthenes our brother to the church of God, which is at Corinth. Now, unfortunately, when we think of that word church, various things come to our minds 
including like for instance if I was to say well I'm going to go to church we are meaning either that building where a group of people meet or, or the worship service like this that takes place there going to church but the actual word in this text is better understood if we translate it congregation the, the Greek word is this ecclesia which is uh, where the word ecclesiastical comes from it literally means an assembly of called out ones. And that's what the Christian congregation is. Ones that are called by Jesus Christ to come apart from the world and to assemble themselves together. We are a congregation. A congregation at a certain location. And most of the time when, when this word ecclesia is found in the New Testament, you know, which is about 82 times, it, it's referring to a congregation of believers that is gathering or assembly at a specific location. Those words, the congregation and gathering and assembly all imply something. They imply the, this pattern of people coming together regularly in a set location for a specific purpose. And so this that we have going on right here now today in this location is not something that just happens by chance, but it's something that God has ordained. It is his church. It's not Pastor Kwanbeck's church or anyone else's. It's his. And it was his plan that people everywhere would become believers in Jesus Christ as his son and the Savior and, and then would gather with other believers for worship and for nurture in the word of God and for fellowship. We, we pray regularly for um, other congregations in the AFLC. That's the Association of Free Lutheran Congregations. And, and we in the AFLC make a big deal out of this word congregation. Our heritage does. And so the very first of our founding principles states this, and it's in the insert in your bulletin if you want to catch the quote there. But it says this, according to the word of God, the congregation is the right form of the kingdom of God on earth. And the second principle says this, the congregation consists of believers who by using the means of grace and the spiritual gifts as directed by the word of God, seek salvation and eternal blessedness for themselves and for their fellow men. That's what we're here for. Not to just be a nice social club, but because there are people's eternal destinies that are at stake. And we are here then to help people come to know Jesus as their Savior and Lord so that they will be spared from the pit of hell for eternity and, and from separation from God and instead be forgiven of their sins, brought into a living relationship with their creator, and given eternal life in heaven with Jesus someday. The, the congregation is the assembly of believers coming regularly together for that purpose. And it is because there are eternal destinies at stake that the author of Hebrews reminds us in Hebrews chapter 10, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking the assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so we need to spur each other on to, to live with an eternal focus, with eternity in view, and, and to help others then on the road to eternal life. And, and that brings us then to the next key word I want to focus on today, and it's, it's not right in those verses in this text here, but it is very much implied in that is that word believers. We are believers in Jesus Christ. Though I do need to say this, so that, that coming in those doors here 
and sitting in the pew does not guarantee that you are a believer. And that's why that fourth fundamental principle, it's also there in your insert, says this. Members of the organized congregation are not, in every instance, believers. And such members often derive false hope from their external connection with the congregation. It is therefore the sacred obligation of the congregation to purify itself by the quickening preaching of the word of God. You understand what that is saying? It is possible to be a member here at Maranatha and to not be a believer in Jesus Christ as your savior. And you might say to yourself, well, everything's fine with me and the Lord because you know, I'm a member of this congregation. But it's dangerous to base your hope on some external connection to a congregation. Your hope must be in Jesus himself as you personally believe in him as your savior. And for those that do then know Jesus as their personal savior, this next word ought to be a great encouragement to you. Paul refers to the believers at Corinth here as saints. The Greek word is hagios, it's set apart ones or God's people, holy ones. And now if you think of saints as people that we should somehow hold up on a pedestal as perfect or very close to that, I need to straighten you out on something here today. No one here at Maranatha has reached perfection yet. Nor are we a perfect group. And so I'm sorry to disappoint you if you thought you would at last found the perfect group, but somebody had to tell you because you would have found out sooner or later. We are a fellowship of sinners. Sinners who have found forgiveness of our sin in Jesus Christ. And, and, and thus we stand before God in the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ. And, and though we still know our sins, God looks on us in Christ as if we'd never sinned. And that is amazing. And which makes us send saints by calling. And as verse 8 here points out, as we continue then to trust in Christ, he will, on the day of his return, he will present us blameless before the Father in heaven. Another word in our text that describes who we are as Christians is, is the word brethren um, in verse 10, or, or brother is mentioned in verse 1 here, Sosthenes, our brother. And Paul is not speaking there about a blood brother of himself or of the Corinthians, but, but of the relationship that exists between fellow believers in Jesus Christ. You see, we become then like family. So even if you were an only child, if you're in Christ, you have lots of brothers and sisters here. I've really come to appreciate uh, seeing among many here at Maranatha that you truly do care for each other like family. Some of you, like the Quanbeck family, have been going through some significant changes in the last few years. Uh, we, we've had most of our kids fly the coop, uh, and, and we miss them. But we are so glad to have brothers and sisters in Christ that, that help to fill that void. Brothers and sisters in Christ here today then, as we meet together from week to week, re remember that you have family here. Family who miss you when you're gone. And who pray for you. And who are ready to step in and help when it's needed. And that is God's gracious gift to us. When we become believers in, in Jesus Christ, we become part of the family of God. Brothers and sisters in Christ. 
Now, most brothers and sisters have some squabbles. And, and that's true in the family of God as well. But if we remember that we are family, then we work out those differences. And we let love and forgiveness flow freely to each other. There's another word that describes the group that we are part of here today, and that is the word disciples. And we sometimes think of disciples as, as uh, those 12 people that were with Jesus for those three years. We think of them as the 12. But, but the word disciple is used in a way wider understanding in the New Testament than that. It is by definition a follower or a learner, a, a student of someone. And Jesus told his followers after the resurrection, just before he sent it back up into heaven, he said, go therefore and make disciples. Make disciples of all nations and do that by baptizing them and teaching them. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, then you are also one of his disciples. A lifelong learner from Jesus, a lifelong student of his word. Well, Besides those key words that identified the group of believers there at Corinth and, and identify us as a group today as well, Paul also describes some activities that, that explain just what our group is about. We are a people who, are, who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is, we, we are a people who pray. Who pray to Jesus, or who pray in the name of Jesus. Ours is not just merely a mental cognition of Jesus' existence. But verse 9 reminds us here, we have been called into fellowship with him. We know a personal relationship with him. We, we hear his voice as it is read in his written word. And we talk to him in prayer. You know, you don't call out if you don't believe that someone will hear you. We are people who call on the Lord Jesus, because we do believe that he will hear us and he will help us. And we go to him as we deal with the challenges in life. And I'm so thankful that here at Maranatha, there are people I know truly believe in prayer and who come together to pray for each other and, and for the world. What else are we about here at Maranatha? Oh, we've been given God's grace and his peace in Christ Jesus. Verse 4, here he says, I thank my God always concerning you, for the grace of God which was given to you in Christ Jesus. And then in verse 3 he says, grace and peace. Well, because of God's grace given to us in Christ Jesus, we, we are a people who know that our sins are forgiven. And that floods our hearts then with peace. And this is God's great gift to believers in Jesus Christ. Totally undeserved forgiveness of all of our sins and peace that surpasses all comprehension. In addition, we have been sanctified, and we are still being sanctified. Uh, to be sanctified is to be set apart for a special purpose. Like we have offering plates here on the, on the uh, altar, or uh, on Communion Sundays we bring out a communion set. Those are set apart for a special purpose. Well, as followers of Jesus Christ, we have been set apart to serve the Lord and to serve others. And, and we sometimes forget that. And we live selfishly for ourselves. But we are gradually becoming more and more like our hero, Jesus Christ. And we don't reach full sanctification in this earthly life, but we press on more and more to be like Jesus. And so when I or someone in the fellowship messes up in some way or needlessly offends you, 
be quick to forgive me. Be patient because God's not finished with me yet. Well, furthermore, besides being given God's grace and his peace, we have been given spiritual gifts to build each other up. That means that we are all gifted ones. Now, some of you um, are what I might joke about as, as uh, back pew dwellers. Okay? Um, people who hope they never have to get up here. Um, and you need to recognize something. You are as gifted as those people that seem to be at ease up here. And you have been given gifts to serve behind the scenes that are just as necessary as those speaking gifts God gives to the church. And so whatever the talents and abilities and spiritual gifts each of us have, they are for the purpose of, of bringing not any glory to ourselves or any one of us, but rather bringing help and encouragement to each other in the group and bringing glory to the Lord who works within us. We are people who call on Lord Jesus because we believe... Oops, excuse me. That slipped a page. You know, ideally, everyone in this group finds a niche in which to serve. That, that would be our goal. And uh, when that happens, then, uh, we are, then it's that we are most effective in our mission. Just two other things I want to mention here. Um, as far as what we are about, uh, we are awaiting the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 7 to 9 talk about that here. We are a people who not only believe that Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures, and, and that he rose from the dead and ascended back to heaven. But we also believe that someday he's going to return in the clouds. And Jesus told his disciples about that multiple times. I, I love the verses he gives us in Luke chapter 21. And, and here's what he says. And it so much fits with what we see as we see things in the world today. There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth dismay among nations in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves. Men fainting from fear and from the expectation of things that are coming on in the world. For the powers of the heaven will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to take place, straighten up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. While we wait for the day of Christ's return, what are we to be about? We have a model here at Maranatha, making disciples of Jesus Christ while we wait for his return. Helping others become lifelong learners and followers of Jesus Christ. That's what we're about. And lastly then, in verse 10, we are not divided, but we are united in Jesus Christ. Paul was writing to the Corinthians partly because there were some petty divisions that had risen among them as to whose church this was or, or which leader each of them followed. And Paul reminded them not to look to mere human leaders to follow, but to follow Christ. And, and as long as Jesus is our focus here, Satan cannot divide us. He, he's doing a great job of stirring up all kinds of divisions out there in the world. But we need not let him bring that division into our congregation. Through Jesus Christ, people with various backgrounds and perspectives and interests become united in spirit and purpose. And we look together to him and his word for discernment in, in how then to deal with all kinds of messages that keep coming at us from the world around us.
So what kind of group did you join here at Maranatha? I am sure that as time goes on, you will find out all kinds of interesting things about some of the characters that God has brought into this fellowship. But let us remember, we are an assembly of believers in Jesus Christ who are forgiven sinners, saints by calling, who consider each other to be brothers and sisters in Christ, and who commit ourselves in to be lifelong learners, followers of the one um, that we follow, our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and we are a people then that will continue to call on him in prayer and to experience in his grace and his peace as we live in a relationship with him. And we are set apart to serve him and we are becoming more and more like him. And we each then have been given gifts to use to build each other up. And we live our daily lives and in anticipation that one day Jesus Christ will return for us. And as we keep our eyes on him, we are united in our mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ while we wait for that return. Let us pray. What a privilege it is, Lord, to, to be part of a fellowship of believers in you. And what a difference that makes in our lives. Uh, we give you thanks for this congregation. We are far from perfect, each one of us individually and as a congregation. But Lord, help us that we would continue to keep our eyes focused on you. And we would look for ways to serve you and each other. And Lord, we do give you thanks for the people that you bring our way and for the opportunity to minister your word to them. And Lord, there are all kinds of people out there that don't know you or don't have a church connection that could be invited to be a part of this fellowship. Uh, use each of us, Lord, to make a difference in somebody's life and to point others to Jesus. Uh, we pray in his name. Amen.